American Express beats expectations. NVIDIA considers abandoning the ARM deal. We go over the biggest analyst calls of the day. U.S. consumer confidence falls and Google's YouTube is exploring uh, getting in on the NFT world. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pun on the Table. I'm your host, Luke Donay, and we have to get right into what in the world is going on in the markets today. I mean, my oh my, yesterday was crazy. We had a huge bounce off the lows. We had a massive swing. Today, we're seeing some more downside. So if you actually go index by index here, what we see is the Dow Jones down 272. We see the NASDAQ down 265 and the S&P 500 down 62 points. At the moment, this is off the lows. At one point, uh, the NASDAQ was down over 400 and Dow also nearly down 700 points. Uh, so definitely something to pay attention to here. The market was moving significantly to the downside, seeing a little rebound here mid-morning. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But either way, quite a bit of downside in the markets today. Now, taking a look at really what is outperforming and what is underperforming sector by sector, group by group, what we see is energy is the only green sector. And so far this morning, we have energy up 0.7%. Meanwhile, every single sector uh, aside from energy is moving to the downside. The number one worst performing sector of the day, technology down 2.29% with industrials right behind it down 1.82%. So overall, pretty negative day in the markets. Now, shifting into, of course, the biggest headlines of the day. We led this morning and got some results, uh, earnings results for the fourth quarter out of American Express. So I quickly want to go through their numbers because they're pretty solid. So they delivered a quarterly uh, Q4 EPS of $2.18 per share. Now that did beat the estimate of $1.78. So definitely a net positive there in comparison to the analyst estimates on EPS. You compare that to the same time level a year ago, and what we see is that actually beat the previous level um, year over year in comparison of $1.76, so definitely a beat year over year as well. And then we take a look, and what we see is that if you take a look at the past four quarters, um, actually, American Express has beat EPS expectations the previous four quarters in a row, so a pretty impressive metric when it comes to EPS growth for American Express. Now, shifting into revenues, what we saw is they posted revenues of $12.15 billion that beat the estimate by 4.72% and is pretty significantly um, up when compared to the same time level a year ago of $9.35 billion. So, overall, American Express beating big on both EPS and revenue, delivering a solid fourth quarter and beating the expectations um, of investors. Now, shifting into this headline out of NVIDIA, what in the world's going on with NVIDIA in this ARM deal, this ARM acquisition that everyone was kind of betting on? Well, unfortunately, if you were in NVIDIA today, you were definitely feeling the pain this morning. And guess what? I'll admit it, I was in the name for a short-term trade and I kind of got clobbered too. So you are not alone um, for all of you. If you are in NVIDIA and you got clobbered this morning with me, well, 
happens. Happens to the best of us. But shifting into NVIDIA and really what's going on. So NVIDIA, according to sources, according to Bloomberg, is quietly preparing to get rid of or abandon its purchase of ARM from SoftBank. Now, why would they be doing this? Mostly due to regulatory issues. So what we know is that a lot of actually other semiconductor companies aren't liking this. Other semiconductor companies are saying that, look, guys, um, if you let NVIDIA acquire ARM, uh, this isn't going to be good for the industry. NVIDIA is going to have way too much power. You also have U.S. Federal Trade Commission. They did sue to stop the transaction all the way back in December, and they were like, no, we don't want this to happen. We're filing a lawsuit, and we're going to try to stop this. It'll be too powerful for NVIDIA if they end up uh, getting control of ARM's chip designs. And then also, the deal faces resistance in China because the Chinese authorities also are not really liking the prospect of NVIDIA acquiring ARM. Arm. So overall, you not only have the United States going against NVIDIA here on this acquisition, you not only have China going against this acquisition, but you also have a lot of companies within the semiconductor industry. I wouldn't say necessarily directly lobbying, but definitely stating their opinion that they don't want this to happen. Now, how do we know that NVIDIA is considering getting rid of this deal? How do we know that they are considering kind of abandoning this whole ARM deal? Well, what we know is that NVIDIA has told some partners, according to Bloomberg and people familiar with the matter, that basically they don't expect this transaction to close. They are not expecting it to go through. They expect it to get stopped. Um, and they are therefore letting their partners know that this is likely not going to happen um, and that they're considering possibly abandoning it. But those people who were reporting the Bloomberg said they don't want to be identified. So we always have to take this kind of thing with a grain of salt because as we know, um, unless they're coming out and they're basically saying like, yeah, it was me who said it and they told me this and we know exactly who it is, someone directly related with the company, it's kind of hard to take it, you know, 100%. But it is Bloomberg, a very credible source. And what we do know is that uh, these these sources that do not want to be identified are partners of NVIDIA, at least they say they are. So that is something to know. Now, also, it's important to know that pretty much NVIDIA here said they're still pleading their case. Both NVIDIA and ARM leadership are still pleading their case to regulators. They want to get this sucker through, according to sources um, surrounding this entire deal. But no decisions um, in final have been made yet. So it seems that NVIDIA may be leaning towards abandoning this ARM deal. But we do not yet know 100% whatsoever, and it seems that both management teams um, from NVIDIA and ARM are still trying to get this deal done, but it is something to pay attention to and not really a net positive for NVIDIA stock. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had Loop upgrading Snowflake to buy from hold. Loop went on to say, quote, we believe software fundamentals remained intact, implying that the recent sell-off may be disconnected from IT spending fundamentals and that the rotation out of the sector may be short-lived. If this is the case, we believe now is the time to reevaluate names where valuation is more compelling relative to downside risk over the next couple of quarters. So in essence, what Loop is saying here is that, look, we believe um, fundamentally that the software IT spending industry is strong. We believe that spending is strong within that industry. And we believe that Snowflake is trading at a pretty fair valuation at its current levels. And therefore, if you have a situation where the fundamentals actually come into play and these software names start to go back up, 
that they believe Snowflake is a good one to jump in on um, is pretty much a summary of that call. Now, we also had Piper Sandler today naming Coinbase a top idea, and that's a name that has been absolutely getting hammered, mostly due to the correlation also to Bitcoin and Bitcoin's downside. But taking a look here, we see Piper Sandler goes on to say, quote, a top pick among those impacted by the risk asset pullback, Coinbase's pullback offers an attractive entry point to the growing cryptocurrency and digital asset space. Uh, so pretty much Piper Sandler saying, look, guys, if you want to jump in on an equity that's related um, to the cryptocurrency world, Coinbase is an excellent way to jump in on it and the industry is growing. So you'll likely see some solid earnings over the next few quarters here out of Coinbase. Um, so you know, an interesting call out of Piper Sandler. We also had Goldman Sachs reiterating Apple as neutral. The firm went out to say, quote, while we believe Apple executed better than planned against supply constraints, we believe both services and potentially decelerating late quarter demand add risk to both the quarter and outlook commentary. So Goldman Sachs basically um, of the belief that Apple's earnings could come in a bit lighter than expected and therefore keeping the name at neutral. We also had BMO naming Meta Platforms a top pick in the earnings. BMO went on to say, quote, we think investors are looking for three things. One, more evidence that Facebook or Meta Platforms is adapting to ATT well and that management can foresee a trough to re-acceleration path ahead. Number two, a return to focus on near-term commerce and payments initiatives, and three, a floor on metaverse spending, which could be done by offering high-level guidance on operating margins like in 2018. So BMO really citing um, the three key points that they believe investors are looking at and basically laying out into earnings a criteria to analyze them. And they believe um, that Meta Platforms will likely perform well uh, throughout their earnings reports. Interesting. Now, we also had City initiating CyberArk, Zscaler, and Palo Alto Networks as a buy. City went on to say, quote, the 2016, the 2021 period, has proven to be a golden era for the endpoint security market, with the sub-segment witnessing the most torrid growth in recent memory. So, in essence, that call is saying, look, these companies, CyberArk, Zscaler, Palo Alto Networks, they have seen an immense amount of growth from 2016 to 2021, and it seems City believes that's going to continue, and therefore they are initiating these names at a buy because they've seen also a solid sell-off, possibly a solid opportunity. We also had UBS naming Alphabet a top pick in the earnings. Take a look at what UBS had to say. They go on to say, quote, we expect some caution in the outlooks, particularly throughout the first half. But we think this is anticipated by investors and more than priced into shares. Google or Alphabet stands out among our ad checks as likely to have a solid fourth quarter. So in essence, what we have here is UBS saying, look, we believe earnings are going to be solid. But at the same time, we believe they're going to be a bit cautious on Outlook. So therefore, we're liking the name, naming it a top pick in the earnings. We also had, and this is our final call, Atlantic Equities initiating Twilio, a name that has been absolutely beaten down as overweight. Now, what did Atlantic Equities have to say about Twilio? They go on to say, quote, we initiate on Twilio with an overweight rating and a $240 price target. We believe the recent 58% sell-off represents an attractive opportunity to enter a secular growth story of a major enabler driving enterprises' digital transformations. So, Atlantic Equities, bullish on Twilio. They believe the sell-off has gone too far, and therefore, they are initiating it 
as overweight after a 58% sell-off. Now, shifting into consumer confidence. What in the world is going on? We get this metric this morning. Well, U.S. consumer confidence falling this month, January, for the first time in four months. So it's the first time we've seen this consumer confidence uh, indicator move to the downside over the course of the past four months. So the conference board's index decreased to 113.8 from the downwardly revised... I should add, 115.2 reading in December, Prue Blurnberg. So this is a very interesting reading because really what this is showing is that fewer consumers are expecting the economy to improve, incomes to jump, and or more jobs to be available over the course of the next six months. But at the same time, this data is indicating that a lot of Americans are still upbeat about the present conditions within the economy. Um, now, if you really take a look here, the conference board's expectations index, that fell to 90.8 from 95.4, but at the same time, the gauge of current conditions actually improved to a five-month high of 148.2, according to Bloomberg. So overall, what that is indicating to us is that you have consumers actually pretty pleasant. Um, They're pretty pleased with what they're seeing now, but six months from now or the next five to six months, they aren't expecting the best results out of the economy. They're not expecting um, the same level that we're currently at. Now, it is important to note that the share of consumers that are expecting their incomes to rise, that fell to 16.7%, which is the lowest level we've seen since May. Meanwhile, the amount of consumers or the consumers, level of consumers that saw their wages falling rose to 12.4%, which is the highest level we have seen since February. So in essence, what we are getting here is that the consumer for the future really isn't all too confident, but for the current levels that we are seeing within the economy, they're pretty happy with them. So U.S. consumer confidence, not the best moving uh, further negatively or further to the downside. Now, shifting into our final headline of the day. I want to talk about Google um, or Google's YouTube exploring the NFT world. That's right. So according to a recent blog post by YouTube um, that was written by Chief Executive Officer of YouTube, Susan uh, Susan Wojcicki, uh, she basically said that they're considering adding some non-fungible token or NFT features uh, to YouTube and the platform. Um, now, we don't know specifics on this addition to YouTube. They really didn't give any, but she mentioned that basically they're looking to Web3, they're looking to NFTs, they're looking to crypto as, quote, a source of in- inspiration. Um, So that is very interesting, I would say. So it seems that YouTube is really looking to add cryptocurrency, NFT, Web3 features to their platform to attract um, basically more users uh, to make it, uh, I would say, just an even better platform, you could argue. Now, she did say that her team is working on NFT-related features um, and cryptocurrency collectibles is what they call them. Now, we did get a quote actually from this annual letter that she wrote to creators this week. She went on to say, quote, We're always focused on expanding the YouTube ecosystem to help creators capitalize on emerging technologies, including those things like NFTs, while continuing to strengthen and enhance the experiences creators and fans have on YouTube. So in essence, basically what she is saying here um, is that, look, we're looking in 
to cryptocurrency, Web3, NFTs. We're looking into all of that. We're looking at how we can integrate features into the YouTube platform that are related to that and are involved with that. So it'll be interesting to see what Google's YouTube does with NFTs, broadly speaking, over the course of the next few months. Um, and definitely it could bring more business to YouTube and therefore uh, some better numbers for Google and or Alphabet. So we have to pay attention to all this. Um, I do know that on the earnings front, YouTube has actually been doing very well for Google. So that is something to note. So maybe the addition of some Web3 features could boost that even more. Who really knows? It's going to be something to pay attention to. And I thought it was just another example of possible and or NFT adoption because the argument out of these cryptocurrency folks, cryptocurrency believers, NFT believers, is that the more this stuff is adopted by these large companies and platforms that are used in supporting millions of users, well, the better and the more verified, you could say, they become. So that is something to know. But that is uh, pretty much the end of the show for today, the end of the briefing. Um, before we go, I want to remind y'all to go give my boys over at Pond on the Table a listen on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcast. Also, today we have a Spaces Shortly after 4 p.m., we we have like the ultimate crew for this Twitter Spaces. I'm hosted by my boy Rahul, uh, so I want you all to tune into this space. It's a big space. I'll be on the panel. We have a ton of amazing speakers on the panel. I cannot wait. We're going to be pretty much uh, speaking our minds when it comes to what the Federal Reserve is really going to uh, tell us tomorrow coming out of the meeting that actually started the day. By the way, we'll be previewing some earnings for the back end of this week and we'll be talking about what we see in the market so i definitely encourage you all to tune in that uh hosted by at pun on the table and our fellow team member and i'm happy to call him my friend mr raul so everyone be prepared put that on your calendar today shortly after four twitter spaces hosted by the pun on the table team but in the meantime easily profit trade on and i will see you tomorrow